Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 5th, 2020. And this is officially episode number 434. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. And we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. And yeah, I'm back. It's uh, It's been a couple of weeks, but here we are. It's May 5th. I couldn't, uh, couldn't miss May 5th. It's also known as Cinco de Mayo. I guess that means uh, the 5th of May, the 5th of something. Uh, yeah, Cinco de Mayo, which strangely, this is weird, uh, t- occurs on Taco Tuesday this year, but is uh, outshadowed. Unfortunately, not too many people are out celebrating Cinco de Mayo uh, because of a virus that shares the name of a Mexican beer. Kind of weird when you think about it. All these things aligning. What are the odds? Uh, anyway, that's my uh, comedic intro shtick for uh, this week. But um, bump. Uh, anyway, I, I do apologize. The last couple of weeks, uh, I thought I was gonna miss maybe one week, uh, but I ended up having to got a little behind. I was moving into a new home, so uh, yeah, things happen. Uh, pretty stressful time and a lot of things going on. Uh, but again, I was only hoping to miss one week. It ended up being Two weeks, but I'm um, refreshed, ready to go, and uh, safe. Uh, rumors of my health were uh, unfounded. I'm very healthy, I think. Um, although I, I do uh, work, uh, so I, I'm an essential employee, I guess you could call it. So I'm, I'm out mingling with lots of people, um, but uh, so my life hasn't changed too much in that regard but uh you know and it's hard for me sometimes to think about a lot of people are stuck at home and they rely on things like this Uh, and i've gotten a couple of emails about that that hey where are you at we miss you we need you to get us through this so i I feel like i'm a, a dual uh you know uh essential person here i you know i don't have to wear a mask when i'm doing the show maybe i I better not have said that. Maybe I'll get a, a visit from my governor, but um, I don't think I'm going to get anybody sick through the show. So you, you're okay. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I'm uh, pretty much settled in for the most part here in my new home, but uh, I don't have my desk, my trusty desk I've had for the last, I don't know how long, but um, got a new one coming. I'm sitting, my mouse is sitting on a bunch of boxes and my computer's sitting here on his cart but i'm here for you guys because uh, you guys need us so or need me uh to broadcast this information i don't want you to fall too far behind it's uh it's been a really weird year obviously uh outside of this covid19 thing and just uh, how it's affected everything is just insane nobody could have predicted nobody thought any of this stuff was going to happen but here we are Uh, But anyway, before I get too carried away with the changes as far as the paranormal are concerned, uh, this week's news, we're going to talk about uh, pretty much everything. Alligators, thylacine, uh, Loch Ness Monster, I know your favorite. We're also going to talk a little Tiger King. It's gotten big since I've been on the air last. Uh, We're going to talk about the Department of Defense, UFOs, UAPs. CGI, whatever you want to call it these days, I don't know. Um, we're also going to talk uh, some politics. President Trump, we're going to talk about uh, Japan and their defense ministry, uh, some Starlink, and oh, oh boy, this a major announcement, a brand new ghost show coming your way. You're not going to want to miss this announcement toward the end of the show. Um, Skinwalker Ranch. So I've not watched since let's see i've missed the last couple of episodes let's put it to you that way um kind of got behind and when i moved 
Uh, my cable got all messed up, so I've not been able to watch that show or reruns of the show. But uh, I plan on getting caught up with that. Kind of really irritating me with that show. Really not impressed with it. But uh, it's still entertaining to an extent. But it's really just, I don't know, kind of poorly put together. I think they're really reaching in a lot of different directions with it. But I have uh, fallen behind with it. I've watched the first couple of episodes right out of the gate. But uh, now I'm a couple of weeks behind with that. So if you guys like the show, let me know. I don't know. I haven't really, really watched it. I'm sure a lot of people like it. But I am not really... Uh, really impressed with it in in my opinion it, it seems like they're trying to do one thing their their intentions are are good but the outcome uh, isn't so far but again i haven't seen the last couple of weeks so i don't know where they're at with all of this stuff but they just seem like they're talking about well you can't dig because it's going to cause bad things to happen well digging is really how you're going to figure out what's going on uh, i think think the answers are right there in the ground and put everything to rest, but they won't let them do it. I don't know. And uh, I do want to see when they get to the cattle mutilations. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. I think it's, was it only 10 shows or less? I think I, I can't remember, but uh, yeah, don't forget Skinwalker Ranch. I got all excited about that before it came out, but uh, yeah, not overly excited about it. But, yeah, we got uh, well, we got a bunch of news. But, uh, again, I want to touch on the Paranormal Conferences and Conventions, which have really taken a hit in addition to everything else. Obviously, it's, it's not the most important thing out there. A lot of people have lost a lot of money. Uh, a lot of people have lost jobs not being able to work. But a lot of different meetings and, and companies and businesses and get-togethers and all kinds of things have all been canceled. And it it was um, kind of slow to affect the paranormal due to that time of the year that everything was starting to hit. But uh, boom, uh, it, it hit a few weeks ago or well, really about a month ago. Well, gosh, we're in May now. So yeah, about two months ago. Uh, and here in May, we're still seeing a lot of paranormal conferences, conventions that are being canceled. Some are being postponed with no date announced. Uh, a lot of people are scrambling to try to get some dates. Uh, there are some that uh, were postponed with a makeup date, and some are, are have decided on that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, some have rescheduled to a later in the year. Uh, and increasingly, I'm seeing a lot more that are actually rescheduling just for next year. They've already given up on 2020 and kind of figure, well, let's not keep pushing this. And and if something else goes wrong or another wave hits, which is my prediction, then uh, it's going to cause even more cancellations. Uh, the entire calendar. Uh, so I, if you followed the show, you know anything about it. Uh, I do a paranormal conference and convention calendar. Well, it's really just a listing of events in date order, and I break them up by by ghosts, uh, by UFOs, and cryptozoology based on the uh, focus of those events. And you know, I've been doing that for a long time, many years, trying to uh, kind of give back to the paranormal field as well as uh, let people know, hey, there's a lot of these events going on, and even I know. This is just the tip of the iceberg as far as all of these events are concerned that are on my site. Um, but um, And some of these I've spoken at. And uh, so, I don't know. I, I just uh, feel like it's an important piece of our culture getting to go out there and meet people who, who do this a lot or people who uh, are looking for answers or want to learn from other people. Uh, there's always a mixed bag of people that are that are headlining or talking at these things. Granted, a lot of them are paracelebs. They're on TV and things like that. But you'll you'll get a lot of people that are, are boots on the ground. People are in the trenches doing this stuff uh, weekend to weekend or day to day, however they can afford to do it. And I always say, you know, these are very important uh, beyond, way beyond TV shows and a little bit beyond books as well. Um, although books generally are, are ideas that are all kind of put together coherently for the most part. 
some of them, not all of them. Uh, but getting people together and being able to talk and ask questions, you can't really beat that. And we've lost that, obviously, for a lot of different things. Uh, but it's continued. It started out slow, but it's continued to snowball here uh, with these events being canceled, pushed back uh, later this year, some some next year. And the uh, last few weeks I've been talking about this, kind of thinking it was going to slow down. But now uh, there's been a few more changes and one that I was kind of watching closely, the Haunted Heights Paracon in Houghton Lake Heights, Michigan, that was set for this weekend, May 8th and 9th. Uh, they've officially canceled the event due to the stay-at-home orders up there in Michigan. Uh, the event has been rescheduled uh, or essentially canceled, in my opinion, until May 7th of next year, 2021. Uh, the return to Deadwood in Deadwood, South Dakota, that was to p- take place May 28th through the 31st of this year, has been rescheduled to May 27th through the 30th of 2021 as well. Uh, I mentioned Phenomenology 2020 a few weeks ago that it was postponed. It was waiting for a makeup date. Uh, that makeup date is now February 11th through the 13th of, yes, 2021 uh, postponed so it's not going to be I guess it's not canceled it's just being made up next year Uh, so no refunds will be given according to the website so if you've got tickets for that for this year uh, you better clear your calendar for Valentine's Day of next year Uh, still more word on the haunted Savannah Paracon that was postponed weeks ago uh, said to come back on sometime this fall. That's all we know. Uh, the Portland, Maine Paracon 2 in Portland, Maine on June 6th has been rescheduled to November 7th. That's pretty smart. Uh, everything else in the ghost category is planning to go on as scheduled, even events in June. I tell you, you're uh, it's, it's really close. I don't know. Uh, As far as UFO events are concerned, there are no cancellations or new makeup dates that I've found. And scary enough, Contact in the Desert, just taking place May 29th through June 1st, is still planning on taking place. I don't know. It's out in California. Uh, They're about set to kind of lift some of the lockdown orders. Same here in Ohio, which makes me really, really nervous. Uh, The Minnesota Bigfoot Conference set for May 22nd through the 24th has been rescheduled to August 7th through August 9th of this year in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Didn't know there was a Grand Rapids in Minnesota, but I guess there is. Uh, The Falk Monster Festival, which was to be held June 20th in Falk, Arkansas, has been rescheduled to August 1st. Uh, Everything else seems to be in a holding pattern or expected to go on as planned in the cryptid conference arena uh doritos doritos sound fantastic i gotta have those not the not the nacho cheese ones those those like throwback ones those are really good i like those uh if you're planning to go to any of these events uh, be sure to know the cancellation policy communicate with those holding these events so you don't lose your money. Very important. A lot of these events, uh, they, they have no cancellation, uh, no refunds, no money. You're out of luck. And, uh, you know, normally it's not a big deal. But uh, I think this year I definitely probably more than likely wouldn't put money down to go to anything or make plans to travel uh, anywhere at this point. Uh, regardless of what it seems like, you know, the sun's shining and it's getting warmer and everyone's getting out and we're all getting antsy. Uh, they're going to start letting up, uh, you know, people start up businesses again. But I'm telling you, uh, it, wait. You know, everyone wants to get out. I get it. People are locked down. Um, some people can't work from home. They're losing money. They're on They're on uh, unemployment. I get that. Uh, but this is not... This isn't the. This isn't a cold. This isn't a flu. This isn't a. Well, it's similar to the flu, but it's a totally different thing. Uh, it can kill just about anybody. You know the numbers don't lie. 
Um, yeah, the number of infected and the number of people who are, are, have died is pretty low when you look at a lot of other things, but it's quickly become here in the United States one of the leading causes of death. So a lot of people have lost their their argument about how unimportant this is. Um, you know, but a lot of the slowdown to this is because people were wearing masks. People were being uh, keeping their distance from each other. Now a lot of that's going to start stopping or changing. And uh, I, I'm predicting a second wave to hit the United States by late May or early June. Uh, and again, people are going to go out and mingle like, hey, everything is fine. We're good. And then 14 days later, give or take, you're going to start seeing people get infected. Or you're going to start seeing this this uh, uh, second wave, you know, here in the United States. Uh, you know, not every country is going to have that, I don't think. I think they're going to have small pockets in different countries, uh, except, you know, except for the countries that have really done a heck of a job maintaining this and keeping this to a minimum. But here in the United States, it's going to be, it's going to be at least two or three uh, secondary waves, in my opinion, and I really wouldn't make any plans at all. Anyway, that's the conferences, conventions uh, for the update for this week. And again, you can find that at paranewsinsider.com. Click on the events tab at the top. Uh, I try my best to keep it updated. You'll see the little date there when I do update it. As long as I remember to update the date that I updated. When I don't update the date that I update, it gets really confusing. Just like what I just said. Uh, so I do my best to, to keep that accurate because some of these it's really hard you really have to, i really have to do a lot of digging to find the the information when these things change uh, some of them are on facebook so if you you go to the main website the main website may not change at all uh, but if you go into the facebook sites that's where you you usually get up to the up to the minute uh, updates um for some of these and some of these like i've said have not even some of them haven't even changed or up, uh, posted anything in weeks on Facebook. So it's kind of be a little nervous to wonder what's going on with some of those. Uh, let's see, cryptid news for this week. Uh, so one of my favorite topics on the Paranormal News Insider is talking about random alligators, uh, the sightings of random alligators, I should say, in the Northeast here in the United States. Uh, and I say that because I, I do have a lot of listeners all over the world, which I'm I'm really proud of. I'm excited to to know that there's people all over the world listening to this show. So I, sometimes I have to specify about these things. Uh, alligators are not supposed to live further than southeast Virginia, uh, but basically uh, more or less North Carolina, and they're along the coast. Uh, the coast is a little bit more. Temperate, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Temperate, so you don't see major swings in temperatures, uh, super highs and super lows. It, it stays pretty much about the same along the coast. Um, so along the North Carolina coast, down to Florida, obviously Florida is a pretty big area for alligators. And then you go all across the Gulf Coast, so the Gulf of Mexico, uh, through Texas, all the way down into Mexico, especially here on Cinco de Mayo. I could just picture an alligator with a, a little drink in its hand. Anyway, uh, occasionally we get random alligator sighting stories. Last year we had a bunch of them. We had Chance the Snapper, a story out of Chicago, probably the biggest one. Uh, so yeah, alligators, North Carolina coast, Florida, Gulf Coast, Texas, as far north as uh, mid-Arkansas, pretty much, in uh, kind of the center of their range. So not supposed to be here in Ohio, uh, but we did have – actually, we had a crocodile sighting here in Ohio last year as well. But uh, lots of sightings last year. This year, not really much of anything. Uh, however, on May 1st, around 8.30 local time – uh, a few people reported seeing an alligator, which was estimated to be about five to six feet long, swimming in a storm drainage pond in Brampton, Ontario, Canada. So Brampton is near, eh, somewhat near Toronto. That's uh, really in the backyard of Mississauga, uh, as well as uh, Lake Ontario is not too far away. 
which I'm sure is not where the alligator came from. It's a little too cold for that. Uh, a little too cold to go swimming right now, too. Uh, police and animal control officers checked on the area but were unable to find any signs of an alligator. Which uh, They're probably not used to it. They probably don't even know what to look for, to be honest. But um, five to six foot, you're going to see that dude. He's going to be pretty visible. Uh, probably out, would more than likely be out of the water trying to sun itself. Uh, so some people went to this drainage pond and were able to film videos of the creature. And, uh, of course, what would you do with it? Turn it over to animal control? No, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't do that. You put it on social media. That's what you do. That's how you solve all of the world's problems. You put them on social media. Don't give it to the right people. Just put it on social media. Anyway, um, animal experts were able to uh, view this on social media, and they were able to determine that the animal was not an alligator, but in fact was a beaver. Yes, a beaver. Leave it to beaver. Uh, the Peel Regional Police had a bit of fun with the story as they tweeted out that the officers were searching for a five to six foot alligator. Then they said, I always thought they only had four feet. Huh. You get it? They were looking for five to six foot alligator. But uh, anyway, moving on. And officers are ready to provide, wait for it, Gatorade. Gatorade, because they're going to help the alligator. Okay, never mind. Move it along. Um, uh, let's see. So, yeah. Hey, I'm trying here. Trying. I don't have writers. They're, uh, they're on lockdown, so my writers really can't. Uh, we can't sit in the room and talk like we normally do to come up with the good jokes that I normally have. You're right. I don't normally have good jokes. Anyway. Uh, the thylacine. Let's talk thylacine, another one of my favorite topics. Right up there with alligators, but a little bit more cryptid than alligators. Alligator sightings in the Northeast, let's face it, it's pretty much people dumping exotic pets in the, in the uh, in these lakes, in these ponds. They can't care for them anymore. Uh, Mom said I can't have it, so I'm going to throw it in the, the local lake. That happens. So we know that they come from people. They're not just... Uh, scampering down the highway and jumping into a pond, random pond here in Chicago or Cleveland or, or Pittsburgh or anywhere else that they've been showing up. So uh, we know that people are depositing them. But the thylacine, well, that's a different story. The Tasmanian tiger is thought to exist somewhere in the wild, despite the last known surviving creature dying in the Hobart Zoo back in 1936. It was accidentally locked out of its enclosure and died of exposure. Kind of ironic. We're trying to help it, and yet we kill it. Um, but it was the last of its kind anyway. But random reports and not-so-believable photo and video footage have made the rounds for the last few decades with very little to show for it, but people are more excited than ever. And I know I, I've said the same thing. I, I really think that I wouldn't be surprised at any day it comes out that somebody has actually found or discovered a thylacine in the wild, either by accident, by hitting it with a car like Harry and the Hendersons, or uh, shooting it, or, or actually hopefully just getting video confirmation uh, as well as hair scat or tracks or something else to, to add to uh, a visual of one of these creatures, but... Uh, it's also heralded by cryptozoologists as uh, one of the highest potential creatures to uh, be pretty much brought out of the extinct file and, and uh, laid out there for uh, to be uh, reestablished somehow, some way. But uh, the stuff that we've seen, in my opinion, not so believable, but that's not how everybody feels out there. Uh, so despite many feeling this carnivorous marsupial uh, could still be hiding in Tasmania, which is, you know, that little a little island-looking thing that's south-east uh, of Australia, the little kidney-shaped thing, 
Um, a lot of people think it could be on mainland Australia, which is realistically looking at that, it's highly, more highly unlikely it would actually be on Australia. Despite the large size of Australia, um, odds would actually be higher for it to exist on Tasmania where they know it's existed up until obviously 1936. Uh, so along with the thylacine or Tasmanian tiger, the uh, the topic of big cats, so uh, mostly mountain lions, but you could throw tigers and and uh, lions and uh, pan, puma. Well, puma and puma and mountain lions the same thing pretty much. But uh, leopards and jaguars, those guys, uh, all those things. But again, mostly mountain lions. Uh, my kind of my favorite thing, my side hobby, to read about and study and learn. It's occasionally, hopefully, trek here in Ohio. Uh, but a big cat expert recently commented on the possible existence of the thylacine. But it's not exactly a an expert that I would, uh, I, I guess I would say, not that I would trust on the topic here of, of the thylacine. Uh, so it's this expert, big cat expert, is none other than Jeff Rose. And Jeff Rose is uh, of the Netflix series Tiger King, which recently uh, took over Netflix. One of the biggest shows that, that they've had of the year. Uh, not my thing. Uh, I didn't really, uh, I saw the previews for it and everything, and I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Look at these tigers. This is great. But yeah, the story itself I have no interest in, and I feel sorry for these poor animals. Uh, so Jeff Rose recently appeared on Hobart's 100.9 radio station during the Jimmy and Nath show. Uh, so Rose feels there is some credible footage out there. I'm not sure what he's seen. Uh, and he feels that this proves the animal is not extinct. He also said it would be pretty hard finding one. Uh, and he says, uh, quote, quit trying so hard to find one because by the time you see him, He's seen you 20 times, and if he's been able to elude humans this long, then he's pretty smart, unquote. Uh, as far as uh, finding one, he commented, quote, uh, I think if uh, they ever find one, it's going to be because somebody has opened up their garage, and there he is eating their trash. Uh, I doubt they're going to trick one of these into a cage, unquote. Well, uh, I kind of agree with him on that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, any animal really can see us, uh, usually before we see them and, uh, animals are, are pretty good at hiding, even in plain sight. I, I always tell people, uh, whenever you see a deer, chances are, if you really look good around, there's probably four or five standing there that you didn't see or that are, uh, just, you know, a, a little bit of movement away from you being able to actually see. So we don't see everything we think we see in the wild. Uh, so I do agree with that. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be really hard to trick a thylacine into uh, being caught or anything like that. But, you know, camera traps, I don't think it's going to elude a camera trap. Uh, and they've tried that a number of times. But... Honestly, I'm not a fan of Tiger King, despite how popular it's become. Uh, then again, I really haven't watched it, so I guess I can't judge until I have watched it. Uh, I hope the thylacine is discovered some somehow, some way, uh, but I think it's going to take more than an accident to discover one. I think people are actually going to have to get out there and really research boots on the ground, get out there and uh, figure out a way to get one of these to come out of hiding. And I, I do think it's, it's possible. And uh, I do think, I, I don't care how much time goes by. I really think that we still have a chance of, of discovering or rediscovering one of these alive. Uh, I can't say that with all animals. I think with some, the longer you go, uh, the less likely we are to actually discovering a lot of these things. But I think the thylacine, yeah, that time could be getting closer Yep. So thylacine, we also have this week 
everyone's favorite, the Loch Ness Monster. Okay, not everyone's favorite. I know a lot of people don't care for it. I find it amusing because I know it's not there. I know it doesn't exist. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't think it exists either. Even people in Loch Ness don't think it's there, but they love it, obviously, because it brings money to the area. But it's it's such a story. It's such a, a cultural icon. It's such a lovable creature that, that again, may not even exist. It's, it's a, a living legend that'll never die. Loch Nessie will always be around. A hundred years from now, people still talk about the Loch Ness Monster being there. Uh, you know, we had the uh, last year. We had the uh, the research done on Loch Ness with the water samples to discover what was there. Uh, there was no plesiosaur. There was no giant uh, creatures discovered, and the the finger was pointed toward eels, which is weird. Um, but it didn't do anything to hurt the belief in the Loch Ness Monster. Even years prior, uh, the whole birth of the Loch Ness story in the 1930s was basically proven to be from uh, owners of local hotels that got together and said, hey, let's bring this back out. Let's get people to the area. Let's do this. Let's use this Loch Ness Monster. So it's proven that the story is fictitious. But you know what? Nobody cares. Everybody loves this creature, um, but it's a little disturbing when people are really claiming to see it. I think we kind of go too far with that, but it's it's entertaining. So back on April 22nd, uh, during my, I guess that was my first week of vacation, uh, we had the third Loch Ness Monster sighting of 2020, and the sighting is thought to be the largest ever recorded. So this is historical. Uh, with what was described as a 30-foot-long shape uh, reportedly seen in the water that purportedly came four to five feet out of the water. So such a sighting would have to help validate the Loch Ness Monster at this point, right? I'm completely wrong. This thing has to exist. If we can measure it and say it was a 30-foot-long shape, four to five feet out of the water, we have to have – we've got to have some really good uh, – footage of this thing right no sure we should uh so this is the again the third sighting of nessie for 2020 uh it's only may 5th so it's still kind of early it's still kind of cold up there so uh and then again you know people are locked down you don't have as many people traveling out there so uh give it give it a few months we may have some more sightings and really and truly three is not horrible for the Loch Ness Monster. Not bad. Um, but uh, who saw this? Well, this is the third sighting of 2020. And also the third sighting for Monster, the Loch Ness Monster watcher, Ian O'Fadigan, who had the first two sightings of the year as well. So he's had all three sightings. Yes, Ian O'Fadigan, a longtime Loch Ness Monster researcher, or uh, I guess viewer. I don't know if there's really researchers for that, but uh, he's been uh, used to be out hanging out at the lock, but now he's hanging out at his computer. Uh, so his last sighting before this this one here on April 22nd came uh, just a week and a day prior to this last one, and seemingly to me it looks like the same exact thing he caught the first time. Uh, now, I don't think this is a Loch Ness Monster, but it's, it's extremely hard to tell what's in this video. Uh, it's really just a screen capture, a series of screen captures from the uh, the webcam. Now, I always forget to look at the webcam because if you'll go on there now, even though it's still, well, it's kind of dark here in Ohio. But uh, you go on the webcam, obviously it's dark at night. So I need to get there, you know, watch it in the morning, early afternoon because it gets uh, darker earlier out there because they're, you know, around the cor the curve of the earth. So it gets darker there. Yes, there is a curve. And so I always forget to look at the Loch Ness Monster or the Loch Ness Live Cam, not the Loch Ness Monster Cam. Uh, and you too, if you want to be famous, you want to be interviewed all over the world 
and you want to have your name on a website, you want to have uh, an official sighting of the Loch Ness Monster, you can do it yourself. All you got to do is go to Loch Ness Live Cam, uh, it's, which is at lochness.co.uk forward slash live cam. Or I know, Brian, it's 2020. People know how to use Google. So, yeah, you can Google it. Google Loch Ness Live Cam and you can find this this dude yourself. Do a screen cap and that, that's it. Then you just contact the media and say, hey, I found the Loch Ness Monster. is 80 feet long, 20 feet out of the water. So I still don't know how he got those dimensions, but it makes for a good story. It's in it. We need distractions right now from, from all this chaos, all this madness that's going on. People scared for their lives and uh, worried about losing their houses and, and their cars and, and everything else and having to be locked in a house with their kids that are tearing everything apart. I get it. Uh, we do need distractions, but uh, if you want to sit and squint and look for the Loch Ness Monster, check out the Loch Ness Live Cam. Uh, so UFO news, if you've been paying attention the last couple of weeks, is, uh, it's starting to shape up again. And we thought, hey, this is really good. This topic has never been more popular in the media, especially. People are taking this stuff seriously. And we never thought it would uh, continue to roll. I kind of predicted this was going to happen. I really felt like this next story was going to happen. And not too much happened from it. I, I figured there'd be a few things that would kind of leapfrog with it. But so far, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, other than this story. So April 27th, the U.S. Department of Defense officially released the three videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena. No, not unidentified flying objects, uh, because that would mean, you know, alien spacecraft. And despite the, was it the Army created that term? The un unidentified flying objects, so UFOs, used to be called UFO bees. UFOBs, I don't know why they did that. Objects should should just be O, but uh, UFOs. Uh, but now they are calling them unidentified aerial phenomena because that's going to change everything. Uh, so all three videos had been previously leaked by the To The Stars Academy and have helped put the topics of UFOs out there uh, for for people to really, they've started, like I've said, they started to take this topic seriously. So it's out of the forbidden realms, right there into the mainstream. And it's really weird to, to hear uh, newscasters talk about this and bring in experts to talk about UFOs. And there really seems to be, uh, you know, like I said, seems to be a little bit more seriousness towards this topic than there's ever been before. It's usually, you know, UFO stories would be the last thing on the news if it wasn't cut. Uh, it's, you know, news goes to 11.30, it's like 11.28, and the music starts to play for the X-Files, and everybody starts to giggle. And they talk about, yeah, a local person saw what they thought was a UFO. <laughs> the weatherman's laughing. Uh, the sportscaster's, you know, straightening his, his uh, little tie, laughing about it too, but not anymore. It's totally changed. And uh, this is this is really, this is good times to be a believer in UFOs and, and into that field. So if you've not read it, a lot of these stories that have been published about the Department of Defense release, you know, they may have talked a little bit about what was said, but they've kind of made it in their own way. So the official announcement of the Department of Defense page, uh, I'll read it exactly how it's, it's in there. Uh, so it reads as follows, quote, Immediate release statement by the Department of Defense of the release of the historic Navy videos uh, dated April 27, 2020. The Department of Defense has authorized the release of three unclassified Navy videos, one taken in November 20, 2004 and the other two in January 2015, which have been circulating in the public domain after unauthorized releases in 2007 and 2017. The U.S. Navy previously acknowledged that these videos circulating in the public domain were indeed Navy videos. After a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems and does not impinge 
uh, on any subsequent investigations of military airspace incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, DOD is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos. The aerial phenomena observed in the videos remains characterized as, quote, unidentified, unquote, within quotes. The released videos can be found at the Naval Air Systems Command Freedom of Information uh, Reading Room, and that is at uh, navair.navy.mil forward slash F-O-I-A forward slash documents. And uh, I'll throw that in the chat room for you guys uh, so you guys can check it out too. And uh, you have to download everything. So nothing's free. Nothing's free. So uh, all these files, if you want to watch the videos, you got to download them. Uh, there's also a lot of PDF files in there as well. Uh, you got to download them. So so this statement, you know, sounds like a big deal, makes everything official. Uh, they're not actually releasing any videos. They've already been released. They're just clarifying the information that's been put out by the To The Stars Academy and the vast speculation behind the videos. So like mentioned in the statement, the government has already admitted the videos were theirs, uh, really back in September of last year. Uh, so this official announcement doesn't really have a ton of impact, uh, but it does rule out the TTSA of making up anything about the videos. Uh, from reading the uh, from the reading room link on the statement, you can download uh, three videos of the interactions known as Nimitz, Go Fast, and Gimbal, uh, as well as some documentation behind them as well. Most of it's uh, just really who had. Uh, the uh, chain of command for the, uh, I'm sorry, chain of custody for the videos information. It's a lot of just uh, weird stuff, weird stuff to read. But I read through a lot of it. It's just really, it's not a whole lot to read. It's more or less about these three little videos you can download. Uh, if you've not already seen them by your, yourself, you're, you're probably really not that much into UFOs then. They've been everywhere. Uh, so time will tell if other videos, which is what really a lot of people have been waiting for, what else is out there? What else are we not seeing? Uh, so we'll see if these eventually make their way out into the public sector or uh, these or other videos have an impact on the involvement of the government looking into UFOs or I guess I should say UAPs. Uh, so are they going to change their tune about it? Are we going to... Um, get more excited? Are we going to actually uh, create something like Project Blue Book again? That's what I wonder. Uh, or maybe just a consortium of people who look into the, uh, you know, the aerial phenomena that's, that's occurring. So are these, you know, spy spacecraft or something else is, is kind of what they're leaning toward or hoping toward, I guess. Um, but I think we really, you know, if these are happening sporadically like this, there should be people that are trained to be able to identify logical solutions, such as uh, a couple of these are, are thought to be just stationary objects. And the, the aircraft or the pilots in the aircraft uh, sense that these things are actually moving when they're not, which is a true story. It could really happen. Um, so, you know, pilots are one thing, but, you know, no one's. Uh, even pilots are supposed to be trained observers, but it doesn't matter. Uh, you've probably heard about people not being very good witnesses. It's very true. Uh, we can all be fooled by pretty much everything, no matter what we're trained in. Um, so, yeah, the official release of that. So it's had a little bit of a ripple effect. Uh, a lot of people feel the Department of Defense's acknowledgement is a step in the right direction. Toward potential disclosure, which is a, the big word we've heard for years. Uh, what does the government know? What can they tell us? And in all honesty, my, my standpoint is uh, we, the people, give the government way too much credit. You know, we, we want disclosure. What does the government know? I don't think they know anything. I don't know if that's uh, reassuring or more scary. 
You know, if there are things flying around, they have no clue uh, how they're going to protect us from things with has no clue. Um, so many were happy. Some were excited to hear about this. Uh, these videos are now officially official, even though we already kind of knew that. Uh, but not everyone was so excited or took them seriously. And that includes President Trump. He seemed pretty skeptical about the videos during an Oval Office interview with uh, Reuters shortly after the official announcement. He kind of played it off. He, he kind of laughed about it. And he even questioned whether the videos were really real. But uh, if you've uh, followed President Trump and UFOs, you know that uh, he's not really a big fan of them. And he's admitted that he's not a believer. Uh, but how else has that affected the political landscape about UFOs. Well, I can tell you in this next story that Japan's defense ministry seems to have taken the Department of Defense's uh, release pretty darn serious. So after the press release acknowledging the videos, the defense ministry in Japan said it will consider procedures for responding to recording as well as reporting on UFO encounters in a very similar statement made in the United States about similar phenomena. Uh, Defense Minister Taro Kono said that the uh, self-defense forces pilots have never encountered anything that was unidentified, but that they would begin to develop protocols for dealing with a potential situation of a UFO being seen in their airspace. Um, you know, in J Japan, they, um, you know, they take security, air security, pretty serious. And, uh, you know, you wonder what some of these other uh, these other countries are are thinking about, or what their what their thoughts are on this topic. I haven't heard anything from any other large countries, uh, countries with large air forces or navies or or anything like that. Uh, but it makes you wonder what other countries may think of this. You know, is uh, is North Korea or China potentially behind some of these UFO sightings? Are are they creating Things that are spying on us. You know, you think back his, historically here, uh, you know, we've had, what was it, and uh, was that Washington State? Was that World War II when the uh, spy craft crashed in the woods, caught the uh, woods on fire, and, uh, you know, we've, we've had different things happen. You know, different crafts uh, has been seen. Uh, we've we've had uh, submarines off the coast of Florida, off the coast of the Carolinas, pretty close. So who's to say that uh, some of these craft from from countries that are you know friends with us, but you know as they say, you keep your friends close, your enemies closer. So how friendly are some of these countries? Are they up to something, or do they think that we're up to something? What's going on? But uh, you know, I don't know if that would be reassuring or even more scary to find out that some of these UFOs are, in fact, spy planes of very high uh, scientific, uh, you know, beyond what we what we're capable of building. If if that's the case, then uh oh, we're in trouble. So, yeah, the uh, UFO release, it's probably been one of the biggest stories in the paranormal pretty much in the last couple of months. Uh, it's been pretty slow, uh, but again, it's kind of a rehash. We already knew last year they acknowledged it. Uh, now it's just an official statement. And, you know, like I said, I was expecting some other things to go with this when, when it came out that this was official last year. Uh, the Two to the Stars Academy was kind of all over this, and they were making some releases and, and talking about things. And um, But yeah, they've been quiet. Last couple of weeks, I've not heard a single thing from them. No, you know, Nothing in the news, at least. Uh, they've been pretty quiet, for the most part. So it makes you wonder uh, what's going on there. So other ufo news according to k102.5 kalamazoo's greatest hits radio station the starlink satellites recently did a flyover which caused an influx of ufo reports i feel like every week i, I say the same thing 
so these Starlink satellites, in case you've never heard of these things, uh, there are a few hundred of these up there. They're eventually going to be over 12,000 just from SpaceX. Yeah, the, uh, the dude who owns Tesla. If you want to call him that, the dude. Um, so yeah, 12,000 plus of these things will eventually, just from SpaceX alone, and there are other companies that are going to eventually launch these these little satellites. They're pretty small, though. They're the size of a suitcase. And um, they're designed to help give internet to developing countries, but it's all eventually going to take over the United States. Let's face it. Uh, it's If they're going to blanket the air, blanket space, it's going to hurt some other things that we rely on for satellites, I think. Uh, but uh, it's going to eventually take over everything. I really do. I really feel like it's that technology is, is going to uh, cut the cable, I guess you could say. So we're no longer going to be wired into the house. It's going to be, we're going to have these little things that's just going to get a satellite signal. And that's our internet. That's how it's going to be. Which actually isn't bad when you think about it, because then you can travel with your own internet. It's the only plus I can see about this. Because, uh, you know, it's affecting, obviously it's affecting People seeing UFOs, it's affecting the stars, it's affecting astronomers, it's going to affect uh, our ability to leave planet Earth someday when there's thousands of, of uh, satellites clogging up space. Uh, but right now, it's causing a little concern here with people observing these things in the sky. Uh, so the satellites did uh, create some uh, issues yeah, way back on April 19th in Great Britain, lots of UFO sightings, as well as in different parts of Europe, as people saw the string of satellites being launched, flying through the sky. But it's not just when they're being launched anymore. Um, it's also when they make flybys, when, they, when they're when uh, they kind of close to Earth and it's just the right time of day or night. Uh, these satellites, even though they're small, so it can be completely dark out, 10 o'clock at night. And the sun is still out there because the Earth has a curve. I know some people don't want to hear that, but uh, so the sun is setting. It's already set where you're standing or sitting or wherever you're, whatever you're doing, standing out in your driveway, drinking a Corona. And so it looks dark to you. But up in space, that sunlight is still going through space. It just doesn't hit anything, so therefore it doesn't reflect back down to your eyes. It's not, uh, not, not visible. Uh, but if a satellite hits that sunlight high up there in the sky, uh, it can reflect back down to you. And that's what uh, a lot of people see. They'll see the, the satellite glint, and these little things, uh, they show up pretty quickly, pretty easily. They're low-Earth orbit, so... Uh, they look very, very bright, and the way they're designed, he's supposed to be making them dark, making them black, so they don't reflect light, but they're still being reported uh, pretty much in record numbers than anything else in the sky, and it's really driving me crazy because it's driving up UFO reports. It's making people uh, think they see things, and it's going to have a reverse effect pretty soon because people are going to just blow off seeing things in the sky as just being Starlink. Uh, so it's really it's really hurting on on two ends of the spectrum, uh, but unfortunately, seeing these things in the sky, these strings of lights, it's going to be just one more thing that we have to get used to, and more change in the world and our environment. Um, I mean, these satellites are going to, like I said, they're going to continue to grow in numbers, and one day we're not going to remember what clear skies look like anymore. Uh, there's a lot of people that I've talked to who have never seen the Milky Way. Which I think is crazy. I've seen it a lot, uh, but there, there are people that I've met. There's like I've never seen anything like like that in the sky. I've never seen it. Um, but with the Starlink satellites, uh, you can actually look up to see where they're going to be. So if you want to see it, the Starlink satellites are going to pass over your house. You can check out on that website findstarlink.com. Doesn't get any easier than that. Findstarlink.com. And you can look up, you can enter in your city, or at least a major city near you, to see if 
and when the Starlink satellites pass over. So you can look and uh, keep an eye on the skies, as I like to say. Uh, let me throw that link in the chat room. I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but um, I mean, it's I guess it's, it's it's not all bad, but I think it's mostly bad. Uh, but it's pretty sad to think about how everything is gonna everything's gonna change. Well, that didn't work, um, but you know it is what it is. The world uh, can't stay the same for every forever. It's it's going to. It's going to evolve. Oh, there it is. Yeah, link worked. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it, it's just, man, it's, it's, our, it's our night sky. Like, why are we messing that up? I don't know. It's pretty sad. But, uh, you know, it's good, too, that if we're bringing Internet. Now, Internet, to me, isn't a necessity, but it's good for communication. It's good to get people uh, who may not have the ability to have it. Uh, to get into their hands and uh, bring it into the classrooms for people and, and for them to be able to, to get knowledge and, and learning. I mean, uh, I grew up without the internet. I didn't have that till pretty much out of high school. So I've lived without it, uh, but I've also lived with it. And I know uh, how much it does bring. It cuts down a lot of research, to tell you that, but uh, still waste a lot of time on there nonetheless. So anyway, Sure, we're going to hear a lot more about Starlink. And, uh, you know, I talked about it years ago, and I warned you it was going to happen. And everything I said has pretty much come true. Hopefully, it won't be uh, too much worse going forward, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. So, ghost news I promised at the beginning of the show a major announcement about a new show coming soon. I'm really not that excited, but I, I'm sure there's a few of you that might be excited. If you've not heard, a big announcement was made from the Discovery Channel yesterday in regards to one of the most famous ghost shows ever. A new miniseries will be hitting the airwaves on June 11th. Set your DVRs. A four-part miniseries will wrap up July 2nd and will be called... Wait for it. Here it comes. You ready? Ghost Adventures Quarantine. Yeah, Ghost Adventures Quarantine. No, folks, even I couldn't make that up. Ghost Adventures Quarantine, as you guessed, will feature Zach Bagans, his hair, and his crew locked in the haunted museum in Las Vegas over a two-week period. And yeah, in case you uh, weren't aware... Uh, he owns that haunted museum in Las Vegas, and he lives there. Not in the museum, but he lives in Las Vegas. Uh, he, he owns that thing. So he's probably in there a lot anyway. So while locked in the museum, uh, it's going to be filmed entirely without a production crew. Yeah, okay. Uh, they will battle powerful paranormal forces, but... Uh, the show is uh, further hyped using the COVID-19 pandemic, which I, th I don't think that's very good. Uh, but they, they really stood behind it. So uh, Zach Bagan's comments with the press release, he says, quote, this is by far the most intense investigation. This is exactly how it sounds, too. Uh, this is by far the most intense investigation and in-depth experiment we've ever done. Considering the whole tone of doing a lockdown within a pandemic lockdown, it's as raw and terrifying as it gets. Fear gives entities power, and fear is now permeating our society on a scale we haven't experienced before. We are witnessing the amount of spirit activity greatly increase, and we need to understand how this unprecedented situation affects things on a supernatural level. This led us to finally open the Dybbuk box, a moment that will live with me forever. Unquote. Uh, yes, if the paranormal and COVID-19 doesn't scare you, then the opening of this Dybbuk box, whatever the heck that is, uh, certainly will. I, I don't know what this thing is. It's the first really I've ever heard of this. I, I, I don't follow these guys at all. Uh, the box is purportedly cursed 
and whoever opens it will now have uh, said curse. Maybe somebody said, uh, step on a crack, break your mama's back, open this box, uh, you'll lose your locks. I don't know, but I, I don't know how else you curse something, but we'll see. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll watch this. And he's not in a mental asylum, I don't think, so it couldn't have been that bad. Couldn't have been that bad. It's all for ratings. But I can't believe they're using COVID-19 to uh, push their show. It's just weird. It just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. Just me, maybe. Uh, and I don't. I don't know about this whole a lockdown within a pandemic lockdown. You know, not everybody's terrified. I mean, some people are, are worried about money and their house and you know their family and their cars and everything. But people worry all the time. I don't think it's really any worse. And if anything, people are. More just scratching to get out and, and do different things, not not worried about entities. Anyway, uh, so this box uh, purportedly cursed. Uh, the museum is also home to the Devil's Rocking Chair, Peggy the Doll, and an assortment of other purportedly haunted objects. Uh, so the show will certainly not, certainly not be using sound logic or common sense, but will rely. On an array of what the press release calls, quote, and I quote, this isn't me saying this, scientific devices, unquote. Um, really, they're not scientific. Science is really a process, not a tool. Uh, and as Lloyd Auerbach once said, you can teach a monkey how to use an EMF detector, but it doesn't make him a scientist. Uh, yes, the team will employ new investigative tactics which in uh, my guess, uh, I'm just guessing here, throwing this out there, uh, I think it's going to revolve around uh, random things happening, which will eventually solicit what they feel is a response, uh, although they will repeatedly use said tactics, so the response is really just timing. So they're going to do different things, say different things, and something will eventually happen during all this, and... They'll freak out, try to convince each other what happened was a ghost. Probably something specific. Uh, probably a demon or two will, will appear on the show, I'm sure. Uh, something else. They'll make something else up. Uh, it's going to sell some commercial spots for Discovery. Obviously, they've decided to go forward with it. Uh, they will also have interviews with guests via remote video. Gosh, I really don't like these guys, do I? Uh, but don't worry. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. So the press release informs us that despite all the danger with the haunted objects and the jumping to conclusions, the Ghost Adventures crew, uh, they're going to be okay. Everything will be fine. Don't worry. Despite all this scary stuff happening and these haunted objects and them locked in there for two weeks, I'm sure they're going to get Pizza Hut delivered. I'm not getting paid to say that. Uh, but... Discovery tells us that uh, in the press release that, quote, during all this, they're going to be, quote, maintaining proper social distance practices amid the coronavirus pandemic, unquote. So I feel so much better about watching this now. I'm, I'm completely relieved. Uh, obviously, uh, from what you've heard me say, this, this show is not my cup of tea, not my thing. Uh, but if you are, are into ghost adventures, my apologies. Have at it. Uh, go ahead and watch it. Uh, I'm not sure if I will. Uh, I have to do it for homework so I can talk about it. Uh, the show will debut again on Thursday, June 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern. But always check your local listings. And the show will again be a four-part miniseries and will run through July 2nd. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody in the chat room for being here. And uh, for my producer, for doing all the hard work behind the scenes and making me sound even better than I look. And uh, for everyone else who is tuning in tonight, no matter where you're at, we appreciate you just the same. So I will see you next week. I'll be here hopefully with a desk and not a printer cart. Uh, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind at least slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.